0: Now, on Friday, we made an announcement. Who remembers the announcement? Yes. The season for glory has come. Amen. So I want us to look at the three parts of glory, the three parts to glory, or the three parts of glory. And I will read very fast, for the sake of time, Romans chapter 5, from verse 1, going down to verse 3. The Bible says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith, if the Bible is yours, underline faith, into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope. You can underline the word hope if the Bible is yours. The hope of the glory of God. Verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations worketh patience, we can just finish, and patience experience, and experience hope. Underline the word hope again. Verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God, I love that. Underline the word the word love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this morning and uh, for this season. Reveal your word and your power. And Jesus, be the center as you draw us closer and closer to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. The first time the Lord Jesus met my favorite guy called Peter, he was fishing. And because he was fishing by the sea, he was smelling fish. How many of you like the smell of fish? Oh, one person liked the smell. (laughs) Because he was by the sea, he was smelling fish. Because Peter was by the sea, he was damp. You know, he was wet. Because he was by the sea, he was frustrated because nothing is as wary as standing by the sea the whole night. Because people fish the whole night. They don't fish during the day. I grew next to the sea, both when I was young in Mombasa and when I was a teenager in Kisumu. I grew next to the sea in Mombasa and next to the lake in Kisumu. All this time I could see the lake in Kisumu, all this time I could see the, the, the sea. So those stories of fishermen were stories I was, uh, you know, uh, I was used to. And one thing with the fishing, there is a way it distorts your personality. There is a way it distorts your, your outlook in life. There is a way it, it, it distorts even your dressing. So Peter, when he's fishing, his back was turned away and he was busy, but not efficient. He was busy, but not blessed. He was busy, but not sanctified. He was busy, but not redeemed. And today we have so many fishermen. Some of them are listening to me. You are busy, but you are not blessed. You are busy, but you are not refreshed. You are busy, but you are not encouraged. You are busy, but you are not redeemed from your sorrows. When Jesus comes to him, now you can write for them. You can go next to the wall so that he has something to 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 put his hands on when Jesus goes to this man. In uh, John chapter no Matthew chapter four. So you can write there Simon, his name was what you can write name is it name then arrow Simon, name then write Simon next to the name. It's like you are doing a biodata, name Simon. So when Jesus came in Matthew four. What is his name? Simon. Then put there arrow, then Simon. His name is Simon. And what is his look? Or what you can call aura, just say look. What is his look? Smelling. (laughs) The whole thing about Peter is Smelling. You can also write next. What is life for him? Just write there. What is his life? What kind of life does he have? He has a frustrated life. Frustrated. Frustrated. Okay? Then you can write there. What is his position? Turned away. What is his position? He stand away next to the sea. His back is on Jesus. His back is away from the will of God for his life. Peter is stand away. Now, I need us to, to read something before we go back to Romans as he's finishing writing. We've said Matthew chapter what? Chapter 4. I need us to read something in verse um in verse 13. To verse 18. The Bible says, And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast, in the borders of Zebulun and, ne- ne- and uh, Nephtalim and that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by S- Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtathahim, ne- by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, The people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region and the shadow of death, light sprang up. From that time, now listen, from that time, Jesus began to preach. And what did he say? And to say, repent. Somebody say repent. Repent. So what is the hope of Peter? Peter. Not even Peter. Oh, what did I say is? Simon. What is the hope of Simon? Repent. What is, does it mean to repent? Turn. Oh, you are frustrated. Oh, you are smelling. Oh, you are turned out. Oh, you are weary. Repent. Never as people needed repentance for them to begin to see glory in their lives like the times in which you live. Never have people needed repentance, never has people have been in need of repentance for life to make sense like in these moments when we live. Not because they have sinned, but because some of them, they have turned to things, and they have turned to endeavors, and they have turned to commitments, and they have turned to, you know, concepts, all of which have made their back unknowingly be turned against the Lord. And Jesus begins not by saying, be blessed. Today, you know, we rush to bless them, pastor. Jesus does not rush to say, receive the blessing or receive the healing. He began by saying, repent. Why? Because the previous verse says, there were people sitting, but they were sitting in darkness. They were sitting by the way of death. Unless Jesus had showed up, I tell you the truth, this man was going to die. Not just physically, but in terms of purpose. Not just physically, but in terms of having meaning in life. Not just physically, but in terms of having joy in life. So turn the paper and let us begin to ask ourselves, what does Jesus want with this man? Now right there, objective. The other side of the paper. Objective. What does Jesus want with this man? This man who is smelling. Why is Jesus telling him, repent and telling him now, follow me? Just not, don't just turn. Turn but follow me. Why is Jesus telling him this? What is the objective? The objective of Jesus is one. And I'm speaking to you in the name of Jesus. The objective of Jesus for you who is being told to repent. For you who is being told, turn your back away from whatever you are committing to. Turn your back away from whatever is making you worried. Turn your back away from whatever is making you to smell. The objective of Jesus is this. The word is faith. Somebody say faith. Previously, Peter has a career, Peter has skills, Peter has, a, has an age, even as a family, but he does not have faith. What is faith? Faith is a belief in the person of Jesus. Previously, he was a Jew with a religion, but he did not have Jesus. Previously, he was an old man with wisdom, but he did not have Jesus. Previously, he was a man with ideas, but he did not have Jesus. So Jesus is saying, my objective for telling you to turn away is faith. Then he did something that I know some of you, the Lord is busy doing to you. He began making him to sit down. And for three and a half years, Peter sat down. And as he sat down to be taught, his faith kept increasing. His faith kept increasing and his faith kept increasing. Not all of you who are going to turn will immediately now become superstars of faith. Some of you may be told, turn, then take time to learn. Turn, then take time to see it. Turn, then take time to listen. Immediately in chapter 5, we have the famous Beatitudes, the famous sermon on the mountain where Jesus is sitting, the people are sitting, and they are listening as he teaches. And after that, he began to be called the rabbi because he was teaching. The journey to glory begins when we, re- when we repent, but it continues when we are built in faith through progressive teaching. Hebrews chapter 6 talks about the seven foundations of our faith. Do you know the first foundation? The first foundation is called repentance. The second one is called faith. There can never be faith without repentance. And how do we begin to activate our faith when we are always yielded, when we are always surrendered to any rebuke the Lord may have for us, to any instruction the Lord may have for us. Let me tell you something that the Lord was telling me last night when I was in prayer. All of us are Simons at one time or another. Do you know Simon? Simon is Call Simon Barjona, the natural man who can fail. All of us at one time are Simon. Not all of us start at Peter. We all start at Simon. The natural man. The man with the temper. The man with the anger. The man with the concerns. The man with the worry. The man who was born of flesh and blood. And anytime you find you are becoming Simon, your answer is this. Repent. Anytime you find you are becoming shaky, you are becoming a fishmonger, you are becoming skillful and, you know, cheeky with your own wisdom, the answer to help you is one, repent. Pastor, I wish they can believe me. But nothing heals like repentance. Nothing stabilizes like repentance. Nothing grounds and steadies like repentance. Oh, I long for the day the church was fond of repentance. I long for the day the church was fond of, Oh, Father, have mercy on me. When mercy was more than blessing. Those were the days the church was powerful. Those were the days the church was easy to lead, easy to instruct, easy to bless. Jesus wants to heal Simon of the smell of fish, the smell of his own industry, the smell of his own hard work, the smell of his own plants, and he's only asking Simon, 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 can you repent? Simon, can you turn away from the sea? And one time I was teaching about the sea, and I said the sea is a symbol of unsteadiness. The nations are compared to the sea while Israel is compared to land. The sea is when things are not steady. And when my brother, my sister, you see things are not steady, the answer is this, repent and let your faith be built. I am dwelling there so much because if we can nail it there, this will just be walkovers. And I know how many as we are speaking now, there is pain somewhere. There is difficulty somewhere. There is hardship somewhere. Oh, the Lord is asking you this morning, begin by laying the first foundation of our faith. According to Hebrews chapter 6, repent, then have faith towards God. How do you have faith towards God? You have faith by interacting with the teacher who is called the Lord Jesus. Turn it the other way. Let me explain something then we come here because of time. So Simon is smelling. His life is frustrated. His position is turned away. And all these have contributed to making him lesser, to making him dwarfed, to making him limited. And all that can turn all this away is repentance and sitting under Christ. Oh, Simon. Oh, Simon Barjana. (laughs) All that can change this man, smelling and being frustrated. When I say smell, do not smell. Have you met people once in a while you don't want to see them? They call you, you don't want to pick it. They tell you, uh, you told me to see you. You you tell them, uh, can you see me the next time? Because you don't want to touch them. What is happening at that time? That fellow is smelling. And I know as I'm speaking now. Some of you, you feel like, I, of late, uh, I am not being received. I am not being understood. I am not being, you know, I am not being uh, accepted because there is a smell of fish on you. And you need just to tell the Lord, Lord, I repent. Lord, I come to you again. I come to prayer again. I come to reading of your word again. I come just to confessing those basic basic things of the scriptures again. The Bible says laying aside the basic foundations but the first basic foundation I repeat is repentance. Somebody say again repentance. Now my brother let's come to this guy. Simon, Simon. Someone who can sit but keep showing them repent. Now, the next man is now different. You can write on top there, Matthew 10. Seven chapters have gone. Ah, no, six chapters have gone from Matthew 10. Upside down. Yeah, like that. Matthew 10. Matthew 10, Simon is no longer Simon. Good morning. Matthew 10, Simon is no longer Simon. Simon is now Peter. Whoo. And Simon is no longer a fisherman. Simon is now a disciple. Then another title is added, apostle. Oh, Simon is no longer by the sea. Simon is now next to Jesus. And Simon is no longer fishing to make a living. Simon is now serving people. Simon is now a soul winner. How life changes when people repent. So there, Matthew ten on top. Then you write new name. New name after Matthew ten. New name meaning Simon is no longer Simon. Simon is now who Peter. Simon is no longer fishmonging. Simon is now an apostle. Who Simon is no longer selling and buying. Simon is now saving and healing. Simon is no longer frustrated. Simon is now helping the frustrated. How beautiful when people take that first step. How beautiful when people decide to sit under Jesus. New name, Peter. New title, apostle. New name, Peter. New title, apostle. Let's move fast, huh? How beautiful when people just say, Lord, I am tired of unsteadiness. What do you want me to do, Lord? And then the Lord begins to teach them. And the Lord rewards those whom he teaches by sending them. Say after me, the Lord rewards those whom he teaches by sending them. So after being taught, uh, because he repented, after sitting under Jesus and being taught, now this man... Has a new name. His name is Peter. He has a new title. His title is Apostle. He has a new mandate. His mandate. His mandate. He has a new mandate. His mandate. His new territories. He is no longer sweating by the sea. He has now new territories. Now he was told, "Go to all the regions." And the good thing with this new mandate, there was a new relief. The Bible says, do not carry anything. I will take care of you. Now, I want to speak on this because 80% of the congregation this morning, most of us, this is where we are. The Lord has given us a calling. He has given us a mandate. He has given us assignments. And because we are yet to take up these assignment seriously, the benefits of these new assignments are not being seen in our lives. Imagine Peter sitting under Jesus, becoming an apostle, but when he's told to go he when he's told go and heal the sick, go raise the dead, go cure the lepers, imagine if he sat down because money has not been given. What will happen? there will still be frustration. Are you aware, people of God, nothing proves that you are on course, nothing proves that you are on a mandate, like the backing God gives you. Nothing proves you are in the right place at the right time, in the plan of God, like the backup he gives you. And one of the backups he usually gives are resources. Oh, man of God, I have tried, I have done it, I have prayed, but have you obeyed? Have you reported to that place the Lord told you? And are you faithful in that place? It is good to repent, but after repentance, the Lord demands for obedience to your mission. The Lord demands for obedience to your assignment. The Lord demands for obedience and commitment to your assignment. I know you may not be feeling so alright. You may not be feeling so comfortable. But when it is time to report to duty, it is time to report to duty. What will energize you to report to duty? to report to your mandate, to report to your calling, what will energize you? I want you to turn it and write their hope. I want you to write their hope. Because as we read in Romans chapter 5, we begin by faith, we progress by hope, then we finish by love. As I stand here, if any one of you may come after this service and tell me, man of God, I'm sick. Because I'm in my, my I, I'm in my mandate. I will have hope that when I pray, you will be healed. No man can produce in his mandate without hope. That is why before the devil can trick you to leave your assignment, he will remove hope from you. He will remove hope from you. Because without hope, you have nothing to give. Without hope, you are empty. We can never heal the sick without the hope that they will be healed. We can never raise the dead without the hope that they will be raised. Hope, I call it a demand on your expectation. You have an expectation, so you have put a demand on that expectation. And I can put it my own words by saying, anointing. Anointing. Hopes bring anointing. There's a man of God who my love is such a wonderful healing minister. So one time he's asked, man of God, why is it that all over the world you can be used of God this easily to heal the sick? He said, you can never heal them till you have so much compassion for them. Till you have so much compassion that the Lord will move on their behalf. People of God, if you want to see the anointing, begin to put demand on your area of assignment. Begin to have hope in your area of assignment. Another another component with the hope is what we call joy. The Bible says rejoicing in hope. You must not just be expectant, but you must be joyful in your expectation. Pastor. The difference between churches where the anointing is and where churches where the anointing is not is very simple. The level of their joy. Go to a church where the priest looks like he just woke up after three days of whatever it happens. And the people are so dull and so frustrated and so calculated. I tell you the truth. Even if you scream Jesus 77 times, nothing will happen. Why? Why? The anointing loves the place of hope and the place of joy. Now, listen to me. I wish we had time. In the same Matthew 10, when they come back, what did they do? They came back rejoicing. Why? Wherever the anointing is, wherever the anointing is working, there will always be joy. And I call you out even to the place of joy, people. I call you to the place of joy. I call you to the place of rejoicing. Yes, the Lord may seem not to be moving, but stir up the move by your joy. Start up the move by your joy. Do not come to prayer anymore, eh, you know, frustrated and heavy. Come rejoicing. The Bible says, with joy, you shall draw water from the from the reef, from the walls of life. There is joy that draws water. Others may be thirsty, but you, you'll just be drawing water. Why? Because with joy shall you draw water from the wells of salvation. The devil lied to us when he introduced dullness to the church. The devil lied to us when he introduced dullness to the ministry. Dullness to the Christians. But I came in the name of Jesus to tell you there is a new name we are going to be given. We are going to be given the name of Peter, the name of steadiness, the name of the anointed one, the name of a man with new territory. As we walk in joy, as we serve with joy, lokoma sanda. no matter what I tell you, do not lose your joy. Do not lose your joy. Robo Sander, even if they call you to go to the hospital 50 times, go with joy. Even if they tell you to fast for the seventh week, fast with joy. Oh glory! They came back rejoicing because the anointing does not entertain sorrow. Hmm. I went to a certain church a while back, and I looked at my inviter. You know, the pastor had invited me there, and the boy was so dull and frustrated. And I didn't have to guess. I knew there the Lord will not move. And I told the people, lift your hands, let us praise the Lord. (laughs) They did like this, then they did like this, then they did like this. And I knew the devil has arrested these people. And he has taken them back to being Simon. He has taken them back to smelling. He has taken them back to frustration. You want to see anointing? Be a man of joy. We say in the supernatural, faith comes by being, by hearing. And hearing is about teaching and reading and studying the word. But anointing comes by praise. Anointing comes by praise. Nothing unlocks the anointing like praise. And nothing makes praise easy like joy. You know, I wish we had like 40 minutes. We'll break into a dance like for 10 minutes just to rub it on the devil. But God knows my heart. So Matthew 10, the man has a new name. Matthew 10, the man has a new title. Matthew 10, the man has a new mandate. Let me make you a bit cheeky, a bit, a bit spoiled. Can I spoil you a bit, children of God? Can I spoil you? Never think you can be disadvantaged till you are out of options. Even if there is no business coming through, even if there is no money com- coming through, you are, a go- you are a child of a God of new names. You are a child of a God with new titles. You are a child of God with a new mandate. Even if you failed in your first mandate, God will give you another one. If he gave you his son, what can he give you? Ah, I wish we had time. Now let's come to this last guy. Clap for our writer. Hallelujah. John 21, the last chapter of John. We are now coming to the last place. The climax of it all. Peter began by being Simon next to the sea. He was smelling. Peter has moved in hope. Now he's anointed. He has a new title. Now, Peter in John 21 is not called Peter. He's called Simon. My gosh. In John 21, which is the last chapter, Peter is not called Peter. Peter is now Simon. Write there, new name, Simon. (laughs) Apart from that, Peter has a new demand on him. And all of you know it by by heart. I don't need to go there. He told Simon, Simon, Simon. What was the question? Do you love me? So the new demand is love. And this will change your life if you open your heart. As we prepare to finish, this will change your life. The Lord has no problem calling you by your old name, even calling you, calling you by your old habits, even calling you by your own weaknesses, if he now knows you love him, because love covers all things. The most insecure people are those who do not know love. So if you remind them of something from their past, like, Simon! They will get offended. <laughs> Anytime people want to keep to their titles, they want to remind you, do you know I'm an apostle? It means they have not come to the place of love. Loveless people are insecure people. There are people I love and they know it, so I can tell them anything. They can also tell me Anything. I can enter the houses and demand to eat anything. They can also come to mine and demand to eat anything. What is going on? Why are we breaking rules? We are breaking rules because the only rule we know in the New Testament is the rule of love. Once we keep it, the others we can break. So, the new level, right there, new level is now Glory. Nothing will unlock, will unlock glory like love. The same way I've said, nothing will unlock anointing like joy, hope, praise. And the same way I said, nothing will unlock forgiveness and, 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 you know, and, and, and will unlock us from the place of bondage like repentance. Now I say, nothing will unlock glory like love. Previously, turn it, turn it a bit. Previously, You used to come to church and serve because you have a title. Can you see the word title there? Previously, you used to come to church because now we no longer know you as a sinner. You are no longer Simon. Now you are who? You are Peter. Previously, you are coming to church early because you have a territory where you serve. But now, none of this matters. Now you are doing what you are doing because you love now you are coming to prayer because you love. Now you can praise for two hours and not even count it because you love. Now you can come 20 times in a week and not even know you have come 20 times because you love. Today leaders are they are under arrest. They are hostages to the people they are leading because everything they do, they count. Every hour they give, they count. And I tell you the truth, if you have such a friend, or such a worker, or such a colleague, who counts everything, pray for them to come to the place of love. Because in love, there is no mathematics. Paul writes beautifully, and I love the way the Bible is arranged. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we have the gifts of the Spirit, right? The nine gifts of the spirit. And then the next chapter, we have not the gift, not even what, what we have is love. And Paul says, I want to show you a greater way. I want to show you a higher thing. When he finishes First uh, Corinthians 12, he tells them, I want to show you a greater thing that you do not know. I want to show you love. So on Friday, I made an announcement. Oh, the season of glory is here. But for some, it has to begin from repentance. For others, it has to begin with the duty. Write your duty. I'm a demanding teacher. God forgive me. Write your duty. Write eh, their duty. Duty. Why is duty important? Duty also locks the anointing. If you are not dutiful, you will not see the anointing. So on Friday I say, the glory is coming. But how is it coming? For those who need to repent, they must repent. For those who are frustrated and smelling, for those who feel they are turned away, they must repent. But for those with responsibilities, they must commit to duty. Then the Lord will push them now to this corner called the corner of love, the corner of glory. Before I pray now, three minutes. I want to ask you, my friend, where are you? Are you smelling? I almost asked, but pastor has not allowed me to ask. How many are smelling? (laughs) Where are you? Are you smelling? Frustrated? Shaky? Turned away? Or are you feeling like, hey, these duties, ooh we my duty to my spouse, my duty to K.R.A., my duty to my landlord, my duty to the church, my duty to the Holy Ghost. Are you sweating under duty? Or are you lost in love? You lost count of what you have done and what you have not done. You lost count of who is accusing you, whether they are calling you Simon, and you know very well you are Peter. Are you understanding me? There is a day the Lord will allow you to be accused, not because he's abandoning you, but because he's checking your level. He's checking whether if they call you Simon, you'll be offended or you'll not care because love is all you know. Where are you this morning? And to those who are smelling, Just lay hands on your heart slowly, slowly, and say, Lord, I repent. I repent of this smell. It is not your will that I should be smelling. I repent of feeling disgusted and feeling disgusting. I repent, Lord. I repent of feeling tireless and tiresome. I repent of the frustrations I have brought on myself and on my family. I repent, I repent on the toil I've brought on my industry and my career and yet you have more for me, you have a calling for me. I repent because I've been so bogged down with the career, I've forgotten there's a new name with a new title, it is a new calling to a higher thing. I repent. Where are you oh man with duty? May the Lord deliver you. That you move from duty, you come to love. Because there is glory in love. The Lord wants to make you unconscious that even if he calls you by your old name, that will not matter. Love will be the only thing that matters. So Lord, I release your people to revelation. By your truth, you will set us free. By the revelation, you will edify us, you will strengthen us. And Lord, I ask you, bat repentance in their heart so that they can have faith. Bat joy in their heart so that they can walk in power and in anointing. Bat love above all in their hearts so that they can have glory. For these three dwell together, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest which we are called to know and to walk in, even in this season, is love. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor.
1: Wow. What a teaching! Just before I allow you to go home, it started by repentance. And that's where it's all begun and it begins for all of us. And rest once repent, there is no change that can take place. Because repentance, as he puts it, is turning away and not continuing to do what you are doing before. And you enter into a path, a different path, new name, new assignment. Faith grows. Hope comes, joy, and finally, you settle in a place of glory. Glory is where now the presence of the Lord. You do not need to struggle anymore. You are not fighting with issues or with sins or with pain because you are in his presence. He's taking care. But before we get there, there is the assignment that we must do. One of the reasons why God loved David, and he said, A man after my own heart. And some of us, when you study David, you feel like God, I think you are not honest. You know, how many of you have ever felt like challenging God? Honestly, it looks like even if you compare Saul and David, Looking with our own eyes, it looked like Saul committed lesser evils than 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 the ones David committed. But the difference between the two is that is that word repentance. David would always break before God and not try to justify his mistakes or his sins. Saul would justify. We've done this because, hey, we are going to use this to, for, to sacrifice for, for the Lord. Praise God. Please, brethren, repentance is important to all of us. To all of us. It's not, I'm not talking about the initial, you know, being born again. No, 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 no. All of us. There is something the Lord is telling you stop this. Or he's been telling you no 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 the reason why you are not progressing it is this and you keep going back to the same thing to the same thing. When Peter turned he turned. Of course there was temptation. He went back almost one night fishing. But he got nothing. By the time it was morning he he mm-hmm. saw the Lord And the good thing with him, again, he was the first one to repent. He left the others in the, in, in, the, in, in, in the sea, and he ran towards him, although he was the ring reader. Praise God. May the Lord help us. We are ent- We have entered into a season, and God wants us to enjoy that season, all of us. Nobody should be left behind. So deal with the issues that you need to deal with, if you need help, please come to us. We'll help you, but do not stay where you are. Turn, amen, and the Lord will bless you. Thank you, Apostle, for ministering to us. If you want to listen to the same to the same sermon now more elaborate, stay for the second service because second service has got more time. Let's stand on our feet. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we have heard your word, you have spoken to us. Help each one of us, Lord, to turn away from those sins or issues that we are holding on to habits, commitments, oh Lord, that we need to turn away from so that we can focus on you. We bless you, Lord, and we honor you. As you've spoken to us, we believe we are in a new season where you want to demonstrate to the entire world that you are God, the creator of heaven and earth, and you are the one who is in church. We thank you because we are the privileged to understand this and we position ourselves so that, Lord, we can be used of you even to speak to others. Blessed be your holy name. Guide us and read us and help us throughout the week. Let this message continue to speak to us, even as we enter into the seventh week of prayer and fasting. Lord, May none of us be left behind. May we all be able to repent. So that, Lord, you can install in us the newness of life and transform us to become agents of change and hope to a decaying world. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.